Two words to describe Rosalinda Rivera are real and down to earth. It won't take long for you to see this beautiful woman's heart for sharing in a transparent way to encourage you in the Lord. Her down to earth spirit draws you to want to listen more to her wise words, truly an inspiration to all of us. You're gonna love our conversation. Here we go. I feel like you have some type of secret formula to get all the things done that you do. You're a writer, pastor, speaker, producer, mom, wife, not necessarily in all that order. I'm like, what is the secret, Rosalinda Rivera? How do you make it all happen? (laughs) Um, Well, God is so good. He's so full of grace. But you know what? Um, He's put some great people into our lives. So I'll never pretend that I do anything by myself. But I love to be a leader maker and just let them go in their gifts. Yeah, that's good. It's so important to have a group of people around you to collaborate, to lift you up. Um, So tell me about... What do you think is like the key to making sure that you are able to do all the things that God has really called you to? I mean, I know you're talented in so many areas. What do you think that key is? I think it is knowing what I'm doing for the day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, I, I my whole day and foundation is built on God. But if I don't have myself organized, yeah. um, you know, then I'm going to be lost. I'm going to feel overwhelmed at the end of the day. So uh, managing my time is really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think the success, um, you know, if you look back on your life and when you're older and you, what would be that success? What would have said that you're successful? Being in heaven and my kids are right there. Mm, that's good. Yeah. My family has to be number one. Yeah. You know, even though we're out there, we're reaching the world. We're telling people about Christ. You know, we're, we're doing the Great Commission. I don't want to look back and not see my children. So I would say, and my husband, you know, that would be number one. Yeah. I think that's good. I always think about, you know, when I cry out to the Lord for my children's salvation and their relationship with Jesus. And at the same time, I cry out for the world to know Jesus in that same way. I know that you definitely have an evangelistic spirit. Tell me how you are reaching people for Jesus. You know, as a little girl, uh, my parents started reaching people on the street. So, you know, back in the day when we had tracks, uh, we would just go to the parks. We would reach people. We would knock on doors. We'd bring bread. And so I grew up with that in my heart. So my passion is winning souls for Christ. And nothing lights me up more than that moment. And so, you know, in our ministry today, we have homes for men and women that have gone through addiction, uh, trafficking. And I always say, you know, we're not this shock, uh, sticker shock program. They actually live with us. So we have about a hundred people that live there uh, for an entire year. And then of course our church, we're based in Richmond, Virginia. And then we're in Colombia, Peru, Africa, Ghana. Um, We are in Dominican Republic. And so we just love to go out and plant the seed and let people know that God is still on the throne and that he loves them. And, um, you know, when they encounter Christ, that's, it's the ultimate moment. Yeah, absolutely. How did that ministry come about? So my dad, you know, he actually, um, this trips people out sometimes, but at 12 years old, he was in New York. He joined a gang 
And by 14, he became a heroin addict. And uh, there was a man, David Wilkerson, that went to the streets to reach these gangsters. And my grandmother came to know Christ and just prayed for my dad. You know, people said he would die on the streets or behind bars. So he came to know the Lord. And then on the other side, I had a mother who was raised by the nuns. You know, she's from Mexico. My dad's from Puerto Rico. You have a gangster and, a you know, somebody raised by the the nuns. And I always say I've been in therapy ever since. And um, I also say I'm a little half holy and half hood. And I say, you can mess with, you know, mess with me, but don't mess with my kids. And so that whole ministry came about because when they came to know Jesus, they wanted to help other people. So right in our own home, they started taking people off of the street. So I grew up in this ministry that today now 25,000 have gone through our program. Wow, that's so good. Tell us about, your producer, tell us about the film you produced because this goes right together. It does. So when David Wilkerson passed away, uh, we were together and right there it was actually birth, believe it or not. So you're still giving life, you know, when you go to be with the Lord. And his son Greg and I went to Hollywood to make the movie Victor. And my dad had written a book and um, we just took it went to the screens, and God put together every single piece, even the actors. You know, we had top-notch, you know, we wanted to go all the way. We didn't want no volunteers. We love them, but we were like, we want to reach the lost. And so to reach the lost, we were like, we got to do this top-notch quality. And so um, we were able to film the movie. Actors who were used to not reading scripts, and just saying, you pay my price. Uh, we we're like, no, everybody has to read a script, you know? And they were like, we want to be a part of this because yeah. so many people had died from addiction. And so um, we were able to make the movie, but then we won uh, the Heart Film Festival, which was wild. They called me and they're like, you guys are the winner. We're doing a red carpet. And I was like, so, well, do we have to pay to go down there? Wow. And they're like, no, we're flying the team in there. And we were like, woo, we were so excited. It was so well done. So so for the, those listening, where can they watch the film, Victor? You can actually get it on Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. And it was interesting. Before we ever met, I had watched the film, Victor, long time ago. When did it come out? Um, 2017. Okay, so I must have yeah. watched it right when it came out. So then we were introduced, and you're telling me the story, and she, you're like, have you ever watched the film? I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> so I go to watch it. I'm like, oh, I already watched this film. I love this film. Yes. So everybody should definitely watch it. It is such a beautiful story of um, the redemption of the Lord, like mm-hmm. going from the pit of being in a gang, addicted to heroin, in and out of rehab, right? Yes. And then this amazing man right in their neighborhood um, helps them come out of the addiction. And I love seeing uh, Victor, your father's mom, mm-hmm. and her relationship. That was really beautiful. So was she a Christian before they moved to New York. No, in Puerto Rico, they just, they didn't know God. So yeah. when she came to New York, a little storefront church, yeah. you know, with big speakers, if you if you know the city, you know, a little storefront church, and they were seven days a week. She came to know the Lord and she would actually have the pastor pray over something yeah. and then take it home and shove it in his gang jacket, a little hanky or something. <laughs> and she's only like four, she was four foot 11. My oh, dad wow. is six three. Okay. Wow. And she would look up to him and she said, you're going to be a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he said, you're crazy, you know, but she was a praying mother. And it really goes back to us talking about our children. I mean, the, um, the conviction that we have for our own children, but I think it, it, when we're leaders as both of us, you know, we want 
to spread the gospel everywhere. At Women of Faith, we not only care about your spiritual health, we care about your physical health too. In fact, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and that we are to be obedient to Him by taking care of the body He gave us. Our new sponsor, Faithfully Fit and Free, shares this belief, and they're driven by a passion for helping people achieve a healthy body, a healthy mind, and a healthy spirit. You can visit faithfullyfitandfree.com to discover products that give you more energy and support your immunity, along with superfoods, personal care, and more. I personally love their mission and I love their products because I feel incredible taking them. And I know you'll love them too. Plus, when you place your first SmartShip order, you receive a free devotional. Check out faithfullyfitandfree.com where the focus is on a healthy body, a healthy mind, and a healthy spirit. When life gets hard, it helps to know you're not alone. If you or someone you care about is battling anxiety or depression or loneliness, our comprehensive collection of classes and resources cover more than 100 topics like these. All of our classes are based on biblical truth, giving you hope beyond what the world has to offer. Sign up to watch the Women of Faith collection of classes at Liftable TV and start moving toward the freedom you crave. We envision a world transformed by women living victoriously with Him. We prepare our kids to be able to speak up what they, for what they believe in. God wants to provide for us all the wisdom and the knowledge that we need. He wants you to have a group of friends. He wants you to feel like you belong. He wants you to be in community because we're made for relationship. Watch over 80 diverse Christian programs, including the Women of Faith show and classes on Liftable. I know that you have written this book. You've written several books. I want yeah. to specifically talk about this one, The Seductive Slayers of Success. I want you to talk <laughs> about this. Um, and I know that this is a way to reach the lost. I know this is a way. Um, what are some other ways? And then also tell me about this book. So um, today, you know, we are still doing what we did back when my parents founded the ministry 50 years ago. Um, we're still on the streets, you know, every Friday night, you know, we're out there, uh, you know, taking food and blessing the community. We provide about 300,000 meals a year, you know, in our local area. But we really, really encourage, you know, discipleship, you know, yeah. just telling people the simple um, news of love and just embracing them and showing them, you know, love and kindness in the workplace. So it's not just the program for addiction, but we have this church. And so we, we're discipling them. And what I love is people get saved every Sunday. Yeah. They come to know the Lord. So we have a hope movement. We have an RV that goes out into the inner city, but we do a lot of missions so cool. trips. And locally, you know, I... I'm somebody just encourages you to just reach out to the girl at work. Mm -hmm. She might be going through something and she just needs, you know, you don't have to have the Bible memorized, but you can just love on her right through her circumstance. And it's really just about influencing other people. I know that that, you know, you have talked about so much your heart for that, just everyday women. I mean, and that's right. We're all the girl next door, right? Like yes. most of us are just doing life regular life, ordinary circumstances. And I think a lot of times we think it has to be somebody so, you know, out there. I mean, you're out there speaking, right. writing, all of these different things. And yet, how would you encourage the girl next door to just 
share the love of Jesus with others, practically speaking? You know, I love an opportunity, even if I'm in the grocery line or I'm at my kid's school, you know, or I may be at some event and I ask the Lord, you know, Lord, open up that conversation. So I, I actively look for an opportunity. And many times, you know, Alita, people are hurting. And what they're looking for is hope. And you are the hope. Mm. And so we're able to just kind of grasp onto a need that they're going through and really just simply telling them, you know, let me lift you up in prayer. My husband was crazy. He would, he was ahead of our evangelism. So we'd be in, you know, the grocery store and he's like, let me pray right here. And he he was so loud and I'd be dying. (laughs) Like, can you pray more quiet? But I caught the fever. And Mm. so instead of telling people, I'm going to lift you up in prayer, I said, let me pray for you right now. Mm. And it's just something so simple, you know, Lord, be with this mom as she's going through this trial. Spiritual strength is something that I highly value. And I think in order to go out there and be able to do that with boldness, have that spirit of boldness, I think that spiritual strength is so important. How do you stay spiritually strong? I have to know God's voice. I have to recognize it. And my faith has to grow. So how does our faith grow? The more you get to know somebody, the more you're comfortable with them and the more empowered that you can count on them. And so, you know, I got on a plane. I don't know the pilot. I don't know if he has a degree, but I just got on there and trusted he'd get me to Nebraska. And so the more I trust in God and read his word, so I really make it a habit Mm -hmm. to open up my word before the world goes crazy on me. And I need to create that place of silence. But as I do that, I'm hearing my daddy speak to me. And also when I worship, when women worship, we move heavens, we move the heart of God. And the more I do that, the more I'm confident in who I serve. Yeah. What advice would you give a woman who wants to be a life leader? She wants to go out and make a difference in the world. Well, you need to know your word. You need to grow in faith. So now we're talking about a leader. You know, we're talking about somebody that wants to step out. Mm-hmm. You know, be connected to your local church. You know, be connected to some other women that can pour into you, that can cover you. And then um, look for that opportunity. You know, ask the Lord to show you what are you passionate about. Um, start a small group. You know, I started a little small group, you know, with six women. And it grew into 700. Um, and it was women just are craving, you know, connection and leadership. And I think women have a lot to give. And God is calling women to the front lines. We need women that'll step up and share those gifts and talents with other people. So if you're out there and you're listening, you say, you know, I want to be used by God. I would first say, find something you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we get hung up on, well, I don't know what I'm good with. But there is something that when you do it, you feel fulfilled. Your whole day is filled. Ask God how you can marry that with His calling in your life. Yeah, that's so good. How did you do that in your life when you were younger? How did you figure that out for yourself? Um, You know, it's never easy, uh, but I think something I did when I was young is I ended up starting a youth choir with Mm -hmm. kids, and I was passionate at the fact that I didn't see a lot of teenagers coming to church. And they were bored. They didn't like it. And I said, this has got to change. Mm-hmm. And so I was in one of those crazy choirs in high school where we did choreography and sang. And I said, if that worked out there, maybe it'll work in the church. And so um, I just started going after kids and it filled me. And I was so passionate. And I, they were at my house all the time. And my husband was, he was going crazy, man. We had tennis shoes everywhere, <laughs> kids clothes everywhere. But it just, it, it just filled me so much to see them rather be in the house of the Lord than out on the streets. Yeah, that's so good. 
Um, I want to come back to this book because okay. we, didn't, we didn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got excited about other things. Tell me about this book because I'm excited about this book and I'm excited for people to um, really dig in. Tell us about it. So, and the title's kind of wild. People get stuck on the seductive part. Yeah. But, you know, just like Eve in the garden, you know, taking that apple, we're still biting on the apple, mm-hmm. you know. And so the seductive slayers, um, you're going to see my little Latina flare fly out <laughs> on this, okay. It's an in-your-face, let's go. Let's get it together. Stop dreaming and talk about it. And let's put some feet to the action. So I'm very much, I want to see women uh, walk in their calling and in their dreams. And so one of the first things is like, get off the hamster wheel. Because if you wake up one more year and you're still wanting to do something you haven't accomplished, you got to check yourself. One of them is time management. You know, our time is not renewable. You have 1,440 minutes in a day. And once they're gone, they're gone. So let's organize them. Yeah. I even talk about fronting your finances. You know, you're shopping at Starbucks. You wonder why you're, you're broke, right? Nothing wrong with blessings. And I make a joke about I'll throw my Louis on my shoulder. But I, I mean, you count your stars. I'm going to wear my purse. So finances is great. And, you know, as long as we put them under God's covering. Uh, I talk to the single ladies. You know, I challenge them girls out there. You're still kissing toads. You know, they were born a frog. They're going to stay a frog. So we go through that. And I talk to the married women. So when, when was it? I won't, I won't say the story, but I'm like, let's see, I'm, I'm trying to do this in the right way. But I challenge the married women to keep it hot, you know, keep it connected. You need to be the number one thing that your husband is attracted to. And somehow I think in the church, and I don't know your thoughts on that, Alita, is, you know, like we kind of dull down and, you know, after you get married, the beauty stops, the fashion stops. So I want to encourage you to put your PJs back in the drawer, leave. I was into double X sweatpants and I lost my mojo because I had gained a lot of weight after having children, I kind of lost my, who I was and I had to find it back. So I'm challenging those married women to, you know, be that star that when your husband comes home, he's like, oh, that's my baby. I just laugh while you're saying that because, because I work from home, I can stay in my PJs all day. Yes. I can have my hair whipped up in a messy bun with no makeup on and just look like I'm, I mean, not real attractive. And sometimes I'll get ready and I'm like, GJ, look at me. Yeah. This is what I look like when I get ready. I'm yes. like, look at, I can actually get ready. Yeah. You're like, I'm beautiful. Yeah. And so you're right. You got to keep it going. And you know, we want to have healthy marriages and that's part of it. You know, the that's date right. night, the times that you get together and really pay attention to each other. So I'm excited for everybody to read your book. Um, where can they find this? So you can go on Amazon or they can go to rosalinda.live. Okay. Got all the books over there. Yeah. And is that your main website? Yes. I want to make sure everybody can connect yes. with you. Uh, social media wise, how do you like people to connect with you? You can go on Instagram or Facebook. Okay. Um, but if you go to rosalinda.live, like all the links are there and and even the homes for the men and women, everything's there. Perfect. I want to come back to time management and spiritual strength. Like how does that all go together for you? Because you've talked about time management a lot. 
but you're also spiritually strong. And I think sometimes, you know, we can be in our own flesh and Mm -hmm. striving through something, or we can be very spirit-filled and allow God to really direct our steps in where we're going in life. How do you handle that? You know, I think time management is the key to be able to balancing both. Because even though I'm in full-time ministry, there's been some times where I have felt spiritually dead. Mm. And so I had to relook at how I was spending my time. I think of it as many, you know? And I really broke down 140 coins to kind of represent my 1440. And I said, well, I put a couple hours into driving, a couple hours into my kids, a couple into ministry, a couple hours here. And I realized there was two areas I was lacking. One was myself and one was God. Mm. And I said, I got to rearrange this time. And when God is the foundation, you know, when you put time into the Lord, sometimes you know, we think, oh gosh, so much is pulling me in every direction. But when the storms come, and the rains fall, and the water feels like it's coming up. When you are rooted in the Lord and you are strong in God, doesn't matter when the wind blows, you won't fall because your life is built upon a rock. Mm -hmm. So being spiritually strong is going to just catapult you into your dreams, into your destiny, into being a good mom, into being a patient wife, you know, and loving on your kids. So I would tell you, look, I'm a Gmail person. I don't know about you. I have my calendar. If it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. (laughs) And I wasn't a journaler. You know, I wasn't that person that was super organized. I had to change so that, um, you know, I could honor God in everything that I did and not feel stressed. Yeah. And it's not just a, um, you're just naturally made that way. You can work on those. Tell me about that. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Not at all. I I had to become that. You know, I remember God gave me this deep word. It was... um, you know, fake grace till you become graceful. Mm. I had to, you know, I would see girls who were like, you know, all fit doing that ballerina thing. And I said, <laughs> if I put my leg up there, I'm going to be broken. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to walk after that. But I always dreamed of walking gracefully the way they did. And so I had to learn grace. I had to learn time management. Mm. And I began with that calendar. And I said, I've got to put it on there. Today, I have, you know, quite a few staff and sometimes they're like, I'm just so overwhelmed. And I will always go back to time management. I said, you know what? This is what we're going to do. We're going to do a spreadsheet. I just want to see where your time is. The reality is they're unorganized with their time. And that, therefore, that made them feel overwhelmed. So if you will block out your time and, and then make that time. One of the things I do is I put my kids' calendar on my calendar before any ministry or traveling happens. So I'll work around the little gatherings, the birthday parties, the homecoming, because I don't want them to ever say, mom, you went out there and got the world, but you left me behind. Yeah. And so you are just gonna feel so empowered when you put your time management together. Time management can seem like this worldly idea to run a fast-paced life that the world seems to think you need to function at. And who can keep up with that? So here is where spiritual strength and stewarding our time come together. When we allow ourselves to be filled up, we have the opportunity to create the ripple effect. Now, let me explain to you what the ripple effect means. You are a cup and the Holy Holy Spirit fills you up and overflows from you. And the first ripple is you 
your most loved ones, your husband, your children, your parents, maybe your very best friend, somebody who's really special to you, your inner circle. So when you're so filled with the Holy Spirit and it overflows onto that first ripple, those you love the most, that's wonderful. But what if you're so filled with the Holy Spirit, you overflow onto the next ripple, which is maybe uh, friends or coworkers or community. Now, what if you have enough Holy Spirit to overflow yet into a bigger sphere, into the world, to maybe people you don't know? This is why time management is so important for you because we want to do what God is asking us to do. And when we're so filled with the Holy Spirit, we have that ripple effect overflowing onto everyone around us, even to the people we don't even know. We can show the love of Jesus. When we're managing our time well, we have the opportunity to do what God is calling us to do and for everyone to see the love of Jesus through us. Do you want to experience a deeper relationship with Jesus? Join me for inspiring conversations that will equip you to walk more fully in God's purpose for your life. On my show, you'll meet a wide range of guests who are impacting the kingdom in meaningful ways every day. Check out the latest episodes only on Liftable. It is the priorities, right? Like, okay, first on the calendar is your time with God every morning. And I have heard people say, the busier your day is, the longer you need with the Lord in the morning. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> it's so right. When you have a full day, you need to be fully prepared um, in a different way. If you want to live the life that God is calling you to, if you want to represent the Lord, you need to be so filled with the Holy Spirit, especially when you have full days. So that's number one on the calendar, right? And then number two is time with your husband. I know mm -hmm. we've talked about um, date night and yes. just spending quality time with our husbands. And that's tough, especially when you have smaller kids, but it's so important if you want to have a strong household, you've got to have that time with your husband. I know it's been easy for me to be like, oh, I'm, you know, I've got three kids when I, when my kids were home and, um, all of these things going on, it was easy to set the marriage aside. And, you know, we've had to struggle to get back to that. And we've done our best to thrive in our marriage, but, Time with our husband is number two. Number right. three, then is the kids. And then everything else after that. And when I got that straight in my head, things started to change for me. Yeah, you know, even that has actually spilled over into my ministry. And so now we lay out the whole calendar yeah. and it's just this free, freeing feeling because one of the things that overwhelms us is when we don't know where we're going. Right. And so when you know where you're going, there's a peace that yeah. settles in your heart. You know, with my husband, we worked together. It was very challenging. And at one point, we actually kind of walked our own ways. And the Lord has healed our marriage. It's happened early in the game. You know, now we've been married over 26 years. But one of the things that happened was we didn't make each other a priority. Yeah. So we made this decision, Monday nights, do or die, it's date night. Now, if I'm traveling, we may switch. Sure. You know, we were talking while we were eating the other day, and I said, you know, maybe the movie's one night, but it might be Lowe's. And that's a pretty good date. You know, <laughs> yeah. come on, baby, let's paint that yeah. living room. Yeah, I know. And like I've even said, sometimes we drive around and look at Christmas lights or we <laughs> go to the ice cream shop and that's the whole date. You know, sometimes we just take a walk and that's, that's right. the whole date. But we do something to yes. make that the priority. Um, so if somebody's listening and they're struggling with that being a, a priority, 
their marriage, their covenant marriage. Maybe you can explain that a little bit. Um, what would advice would you give her? The exact word that you said, you know, we have a covenant. We have an agreement. God's in the mix. You know, if he wasn't in the mix, some of us would, it'd be a lot easier to peel out. But my cousin sat me in the car and she said, you know what your problem is? You young people, she said, when the going gets tough, you want to roll out of this. But you made a promise to God. That changed my life. And it didn't immediately fix the marriage. But I realized this, you know, I said, I have got to stop being his savior. And, uh, you know, the Lord showed me a verse. It says, you know, if he cares of the flowers of the field and the birds of the air, how much more does he care about me and my marriage? And when I began to let my husband go and put him into God's hands and I decided I'm going to serve God no matter what, whether he comes to church, whether he doesn't. And when I began to put my husband in God's hands, God healed me. And I actually saw things in my own life that needed to be changed. And so I encourage you today to put your marriage into the hands of God and honor the Lord and your husband in that covenant and know that it could, it wasn't overnight, could take a little while, but God is faithful. Amen. Okay. So let's switch gears. What if somebody listening is not married? What would you, um, what would you have her hope for? You know, we want people in covenant marriage How would you help her have hope um, in her singleness? And so I had a girl come to me and she said, I'm just praying, praying, praying for that man of God. He's got to be a pastor. He's got to do this. She had it all laid out. And the Lord said to me to tell her, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will come unto you. And so when, if you're single and you're listening, you know, I know that God knows your heart. There's loneliness. You have desires. You know, maybe you're hoping for children one day, or maybe that season is past. God is with you right through that season. And his desire is to give you the desires of your heart. But where you put your focus, you seek the kingdom of God and all those things will come. And when you put your eyes on him, it takes away the loneliness. Mm, It takes away the sorrow. Yeah. Where have you found loneliness in your life? I think in that moment when my husband and I were going through that, Mm. even though I was in ministry full time and we were in a business together, it was the most desperate point of my life. You know, another place was when they had told me that my son I was carrying would be born with a brain defect. He'd never walk. He'd never talk. He would never eat again. The brain ventricle had grown. And in that moment, I, when that doctor told us she wanted me in two weeks to get that abortion done and, and terminate that pregnancy, I, I felt lonely. It was a immediate, my, you know, I can't tell you, I'm a woman of faith, but my heart hit the floor. But then quickly God brought me up and I began to trust in him, even though I didn't know the answers. And in that season, it was very lonely, but God gave me a song that ministered to me. When you have nothing else to say, say the name of Jesus. Mm. And it was a name of Jesus that carried me through. Well, he was born healed, the brain um, function went back to normal. Uh, But for those women that say, you know, my child didn't make it. Yeah. You know, my marriage didn't work out. Yeah. I want to tell you that God is with you. Yeah. You know, he's right there in the middle of your sorrow, your pain, your loneliness. He has never left us. And that's the hope that you have. So as you get in close with God, I promise you, he will embrace you with arms of love that'll bring healing to your situation. Yeah. So what is something that somebody may not know about Rosalinda Rivera? 
Oh, goodness. Well, I can make a mean cup of noodle soup in nice. three flavors, shrimp, beef, and chicken. <laughs> I didn't really cook a lot growing up because I was always in business. Yeah. Um, I danced salsa. My husband was a salsa dance instructor. Uh -huh. um, that was a whole scandal because, you oh, know, I'm the pastor's kid. He's a worship leader. <laughs> and we're like, we don't want anybody to know we're dating. And so we're like, let's keep it low key, you know. So he's like, meet me downtown jazz festival, so Spanish jazz festival, and we're tearing it up. And the next Sunday morning, the whole church looked at us like something major. We had made the front page of the paper, and we're like, oh, the, it's out. It's, it's out. It's out, and happily ever after. Happily ever after. <laughs> With a few bumps. That's right. <laughs> okay, it is time for the truth bomb section. So you get 30, 60 Oof. seconds. <laughs> a takeaway that you would want people to just know, yes, Rosalinda Rivera said this. Put your trust in the Lord. When we put our trust in other things, you're always going to fall short. You're yeah. always going to be let down. I have to put my faith in God because He's the only one that I can count on. I think of Mary and Martha when they wanted Jesus to come heal their, their brother so bad He didn't show up. You know, God could have healed the quick situation, but instead He had a miracle plan and He raised the brother from, you know, the dead. So sometimes when God doesn't give me an immediate answer, I just count on a miracles on the way yeah. and my faith is in the Lord. Sounds so easy, though. Yeah. What you just said sounds easy. And we do believe that, right? Yes. But for somebody that just doesn't really believe what you just said, somebody newer in the faith, they're not spiritually strong, they, they don't know how to get to that. How do you get from coming to know Jesus to literally living out what you just encouraged? You know, the longer you're in your walk with the Lord— the more you're going to grow. I mean, even though I knew God, there were seasons where I, I couldn't believe that either. And I was like, you know, when we went through my marriage struggle, like, goodness, Lord, yeah. where are you? I thought that you were going to make this all work out. And it didn't for a moment. And so if you're brand new in your faith, one, I would say plug into a great Bible-believing church, yeah. you know, and open up the Word of God. It was written for you. Yeah. And so as you begin in, to dig into the Word of God, your faith is going to grow. And one day you will have that faith. The more valleys we've gone through, the more I know I'm going to make it out on the other side. Yeah, he develops our character through those valleys. And sometimes that's frustrating. Sometimes, you know, I've gone through the valleys and I'm like, where are you, Lord? Like, why do I have to go through this? And now I look back. You know, hindsight is 2020. You can look back and say, God was in that. This is what I learned. I went from a, a person who didn't know how to handle it to somebody I, I that does know how to handle it. I've seen my faith grow so much through the valleys. Um, what would you say to somebody that is in the valley that is wanting to come out of it? They have a desire to come out of it. How do they get through it? You know, you have to surrender it. You have to give it to the Lord. You know, I learned from Elijah in the Bible. Elijah was this amazing prophet. But, you know, after God did big miracles and he gave him food when he was in the desert, he provided for him. He did. He won amazing wars and challenges. He ran into a cave and he lost his faith. And even there, God met him. Yeah. And I believe that wherever you are, God is going to meet you. Yeah. The valley is not forever but sometimes they're longer than what we want them to be. So the very first thing I would tell you is bring it before the Lord and just 
give up, surrender, and just say, God, I don't know. I'm, I've been leading and my ship has wrecked and I need you to step into my life and lead me out of this and just begin to worship. You know, worship has been a key for mm. me. When I am feeling horrible and I walk into my church and I hear that worship and I'm mad, I can only stay mad so long, Yes, you know, and that worship just lifts me up. So I want to surround myself first with people that are feeding life into me yeah. with worship. And then of course, you know, as you grow in the Lord, your faith is going to carry you through. Yeah, it's good. I'm cheering you wildly. Thank you for being here. <laughs> I feel like there's just all of these topics that we could be talking about. You're inspiring. I hope that people follow you and really receive, you have a podcast, really receive what you have to offer the world. So thank you for being here with us today. Thank you, Alita. I love pouring into women and I know that God had put so many women in my life that poured into me. Yeah. And so I appreciate what you're doing thank and thank you. you so much for having me. This show was brought to you in part by Faithfully Fit and Free, ICCI, and OneShare. To learn more, go to womenoffaith.com.